0: Hey everyone, G-Rod here from Rant My Fan and The G-Rod Show. I am also the writer, director, and producer of The Fans,
1: a unique tell-all documentary about you, the professional wrestling fan. I'm excited to bring this project to life, and I'm asking you to be a
0: part of this amazing, amazing project. I'm not asking for money. I'm asking you, the pro wrestling fan, to film yourself, to tell your story on why you love professional wrestling. So go to thefansmovie.com for more information and sign up so you can be a part of this amazing project. You can also
1: follow us on Twitter at TheFansMovie. Again, go to thefansmovie.com to sign up and for more information about how you can be part of the fans documentary.
0: Thank you so much, and keep on listening. You are now listening to Random Ramblings with Rock. to be coming at you with the funny random rambling talking about all the awesome things that make that rain day sunny yeah it's hot and popping fireball driving come get your laugh on yeah it's a concept you know he's rocking rob and the facts and all of the gossip it don't matter where you are or who you with you gotta tune right in bring your girl into your girl to bring your friends be robbie led tuning in your crib in your whip at your job he got new shows every sunday here we go what up everybody this your boy b rob and i'm back With another edition of the Random Ramblers with Rob podcast. First and foremost, thank you to Overdose, the producer for producing me that intro track that you just heard. And also thank you, the listener who is listening to this podcast right now. And, um, yeah, man, I'm stumbling. I'm stumbling. That, That, that intro got me hype. It was like my first time hearing it, you know, put into my edit. Processing everything you got me man. I want to I want to freestyle on the end of the beat, but I'm not because I'm not that skilled <laughs> at all. <laughs> but Anyway, thank you for coming back to another edition of the Random Rounds with Rob podcast. If this is your first time listening, thank you. You took your time out to go into your podcast device and download my episode or stream it to your Whatever device you're using. I appreciate you for doing that. Appreciate everybody for listening. This week, I have a guest. Because I told you I was going to have a guest on the last episode this week. Awkward silence. Anyway, he is a professional wrestler. And he goes by the name of Kiefer Bartik. And the f- first thing immediately came to my mind when I heard the name Keefer. I was like, Settling, settling 24. I hope that's his finishing move, the 24 or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, he gave me a follow on Twitter. And um, I was like, fuck it. Reach out to the man, see if he'd be on the show. And he said yes, and it made me happy. And I put it on my calendar, and I sat there, and I waited, and I anticipated the day till he would answer his Skype call, And get on the phone, the Skype or the computer, and talk random things with me. And it was cool, and it was fun, and it was great. He wrestles for the promotion, Reality of Wrestling, which is owned and ran by the man himself. The five-time, 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 five-time world heavyweight champion. And one-time WWE champion, so that would be like six times. It might be more than that. I'm not good on wrestling history. I just watch it, but the uh, the man Booker T. So that was an experience. Um, he talks about um meeting him for the first time, uh, signing up for his wrestling school, and um everything to follow. So this is once again a treat for me, and I believe it will be a treat for you, the listener. So just uh sit back, relax, and we're gonna get into that here not right now but in a little bit because i got some stuff i need to talk about all right you've been monitoring my instagram which i highly recommend you do and you can uh, do so by going to instagram and looking up random ramblings w underscore rob nice plug right and um just look up my shenanigans i mean i'm not doing nothing groundbreaking or world changing just being a silly dude like i am but i put the news out there that um i was auditioning to be in a movie said movie's name is who lives last you can imdb it or whatever you want to do and it's there it's a zombie movie futuristic type shit so my whole intention of going audition for this movie was just to be in a movie. I didn't give a damn if I had speaking roles. I didn't really care what my role is. I just, I just wanted to be on camera or, you know, just be around the set, just to see how the process is of making a movie, you know, get that experience. Uh, just want to, I mean, it's one of those uh, bucket list things. I think, I think, I think everyone at some point in their life or even now or in the past, wants, wanted or wants to be in a movie. Just however insignificant the role is. I can just walk on camera, look dead into the motherfucking lens and be like, Hey, and then walk off camera. That could be my role. I could be the guy in the background sweeping up trash and shit. I mean, that's all I really want, but I show up to this, uh, audition, this movie production and everything like that. And, uh, I went from being an extra. To a cameraman. To a second unit director. And uh, yesterday. I got offered an assistant director. Or second assistant director role or whatever. In any case. I'm going to be the one to tell you. I mean I don't care if they hear me or not. I mean I'm just being real. Me being the guy that I am. Uh, recently retired from the Marine Corps for over 16 years have no earthly experience with a uh, making a movie whatsoever. And for me to be a second unit director and to be off of the road as a uh, second assistant director, kind of tell you uh, how this production is going down, how it's working and everything like that. But Hey, I'm down for the challenge. I'm down to see uh, how this is all going to play out. And I'm not going to divulge too much about the movie because, I mean, all the inner workings of what's going on and everything like that. Because, uh as I stated before, once I figure out what the fuck is going on, then <laughs> I'll be able to talk and tell you what the hell is going on behind the scenes and stuff like that. But until that point is... Uh, reached, I ain't saying nothing other than what I've already said. So with that being said, to give you a little more insight without saying too much, if you are in the Houston, Texas area and you want to be involved in a movie production at any capacity, whether it be makeup, editing, sound, uh, acting, uh, extra work, whatever the case may be, If you want to be a part of a movie production, hit your boy up, me, this guy, right here, B-Rob, on the Random Rounds with Rob podcast, which you can follow me on Twitter at It's B-Rob, that's I-T-S-B-R-O-B, or you can hit me up on the show's account, which is, wait for it, R-R-R underscore podcast, and uh, we can talk about it. I can get you in if you want to really get down. So hit me up. I mean, shit, I got an email. Hit my email up to mail at randomrobcast.com. We could talk about it. I give you the, the scoop on what's, what's up. So I'm the man. I, I could pull some strings and get you in the movie, baby. If that's what you want to do. So hit me up. Anyway, rewind back a little bit. up. My guest today, once again, is a uh, Kiefer Bartek, professional wrestler, current Tag half of the tag team tap. I can't talk I'm going to shake my mic stand Urgh. current half of the reality of wrestling tag team champions and he is my guest this week listen to him talk about things and stuff and what a burger which is a delicious establishment to dine in and eat burgers on this week's edition of the random ramblings with Rob podcast all right. All right, man. First and foremost, I appreciate you for taking your time out to chat with me a little bit.
1: Yeah, no problem,
0: man. You sound like you was taking a
1: nap. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm up. I'm uh, I'm just getting going, though. Oh, yeah, I can understand it. It's a Friday. Yeah, I got to sleep in a little bit.
0: Sweet. And that's always a good day when you can sleep in just a little bit.
1: Yes, sir. Shit.
0: So I mean, hell, man. I mean, you just getting going. I mean, what, what's what's the morning ritual like? You just jump up and then here we are, we podcasting. Or what? You do some calisthenics? What you doing? <laughs>
1: uh, man, I make some coffee. Uh, get my egg whites, my turkey bacon in the morning, and then uh, usually sit sit and watch sports SportsCenter for a while, do some homework or something like that. That's usually what my mornings consist of.
0: <laughs> tell, tell me about the turkey bacon. Isn't that delicious?
1: I mean, you know, it's not it's not regular bacon, but uh, it's fine in its own right. <laughs> I mean, I grew up on bacon, so. <laughs> yeah. I
0: don't know, but it's just something about that turkey bacon. I don't know. I, I like it a little more than regular bacon. But at the same I, time, yeah, I'm not I opposed eat- to regular bacon.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, nah, it's, nah, it's good. I uh, enjoy it, for sure.
0: But sweet. Hey, man, I, I'm a uh, full disclosure be honest with you okay i've only watched one of your matches all which right. was like just ended like five minutes before you just told me you was ready <laughs> um yeah. I, I typically don't do any research because right. i mean hey man this is just a regular conversation we just two guys one with yeah. a man bun one with a bald <laughs> head and we just uh just chatting about random shit dude sounds good all right since you are a professional wrestler yes what is your earliest memory of wrestling
1: uh man you know when i grew up uh i don't know if you remember wwf superstars used to come on on saturday mornings yes uh on usa i believe it was and uh i used to go i used to go out to my grandparents house and my oldest brother was a huge wrestling fan And so when I was like four or five and he's, you know, 14, 15 years old and he's sitting there watching wrestling, I'm like, man, this is like the coolest thing ever. And uh, so I remember like, man, Yokozuna and Diesel and Taker, Michaels and, you know, Bret Hart and that whole genre of like WWF um, waking up every Saturday morning at my grandparents' house and just, you know, watching that hour of wrestling and, and just, you know, playing video games and stuff like that. Um those are that's my earliest memory of wrestling uh in general. Oh, but
0: back then when uh ever you were watching at that age, I mean, who was your favorite
1: wrestler? Um I think my first favorite wrestler I ever had um it was probably Stone Cold to be honest, even though that was a little bit later after yeah. that. Uh you know, I was a big Razor Ramon fan, maybe Razor Ramon might be my first, you know, favorite because he came a little bit before Stone Cold, but uh yeah, probably Razor just because of his entrance and his you know just the charisma that he used, even as a kid, you kind of got it, you know what I'm saying,
0: and some of that fake accent that he had, which <laughs> not is not too far fan. off from how he, he normally talked anyway
1: like, oh, this guy's cool, you know, like <laughs> what do I know <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, the accent wasn't too far off from how he normally talked anyway, so
1: uh, not too much,
0: yeah, but um.
1: Uh, looking back at it, like, oh, uh, that guy was, he was just ripping off Scarface, you know, as a kid, you know, you don't get that reference. But now <laughs> looking back at it, you're like, oh, he's just Scarface, which is like, you know, had the most F-bombs in a movie of all time for the longest time, so. Exactly.
0: And it, it's just crazy just going back and referencing anything from your childhood anyway to notice that they had a lot of adult undertones to everything. Yep. You know, cartoons, sure. <laughs> all kind of crazy shit. Yep. Now, um, what hooked you? What made you decide in your mind that, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to be a professional wrestler because most kids will just want to be like firemen and police and all kind of shit like that.
1: Um, You know, there was never a moment where I was like watching where, you know, I've heard people say like, you know, when Macho Man uh, when Macho Man got bit by the snake or oh, that shit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Or, you know, all these great moments. There was never, like, a legit moment where I was sitting there. I have friends that are like, you know, Shawn Michaels winning in the Rumble uh, was, like, their moment when they were like, I got to be a wrestler. I don't know if there's ever a moment where I was like, I I have to be a wrestler. But um, it was one of those things, like, you know, growing up, wrestling was cool for certain periods of time. And wrestling wasn't cool for certain periods of time. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah.
1: And so, for me, wrestling was always cool. Like, it was... The thing that I cared about the most, what I thought about the most, you know, I'd be sitting in class like, you know, doodling wrestlers or, you know, coming up with like drafts and things like that. Um, I'd go home and play, you know, Just Bring It or or Here Comes the Pain for hours all all weekend long. That's all I would do was just play those video games and stuff. I would get like all my friends from the neighborhood and be like, all right, we're going to go wrestle on the trampoline. And, you know, that was like my life as a kid. I mean, just trying to convince all my friends to do wrestling things. (laughs) So I think, I think it was one of those things like, well, this is what I think about the most. This is what I, you know, care about. It never really changed even growing up through high school, you know, graduating and all that stuff. Like, I'm like, well, you know, if I, this is what I really think about all the time. I might as well give it a shot and, just, you know, go after pro wrestling instead of, saying, instead of saying what if, you know, when I got older. Like, well, what if I did try wrestling?
0: Yeah, I mean, and I totally agree with that last bit that you just said. It was like uh, just going with it. And you know, not having any regrets. Me, myself, um, much like yourself, I grew up a wrestling fan. And I've said it many times on the podcast before that wrestling is not what got me into wrestling. What I mean by that is, damn, Hulk Hogan doing all his corny ass movies like Suburban Commando <laughs> and all this other bullshit, yeah. uh, Mr. Nanny and all that crap is what got me into wrestling. Yeah. Cause I seen those first. And then, um, I can remember my dad would take me to like the video store or whatever to rent VHS movies and shit, and I happened to see him on the cover of a WrestleMania box, and I was like, yeah. hey, that's that guy from that movie," and that's how I got into wrestling.
1: That that's interesting. I don't think I've ever heard anybody like do the switch take, but man how much fun was it to when you were a kid to like go to the video store and like find a wrestling tape that you'd never seen before? Oh man. And like the excitement, like, I don't know what's on this tape, but I'm so excited to put it in the VCR and see, you know, see what I could find.
0: Exactly. Cause like <laughs> it wasn't a lot in uh choice for options on TV back then. So, I mean, right. and then like- yeah, it was like, there wasn't a lot of um, video stores either. So my father would take me clear across town to like one of the only video stores. It was like way before Blockbuster and all them other things started, yeah. you know, getting big. But it was this little thing. It looked like it might have been like a tax office or something that they converted into a video store. <laughs> and I would just walk up and down the aisles and look for the um, the VHS tape with the coolest cover and be like, huh, yep. this might be something.
1: Yeah, man. The, the The kids these days, I don't think they'll ever realize how much excitement that was. Just going to the video stores and just trying to find a wrestling tape to watch. Exactly. Uh, those are like some of my fondest memories. Like, my dad was like super against wrestling. He was like, "It's fake. You don't need to watch it. <laughs> You're not gonna watch it. You know, you can't watch it in my house," kind of thing. And my mom, you know, she was super cool, and she'd let me rent the videotape. So, you know, when I'd be with my mom, I'd be, you know, out every weekend, like, "Let's go to the video store, mom. Let's go rent, a, you know, VHS." And it was super cool, good seeing like all the old Rumbles and things like that that I didn't see. I mean, it's like it's not like you had YouTube there or the yeah. network. Exactly you know what I'm saying you, you didn't have access to whatever you wanted to watch at that particular moment you had to like go and find it and uh so that was that was always one of my like biggest childhood memories as well just trying to find those like v h s tapes and stuff and uh just trying to you know learn as much as I could possibly learn about wrestling before the internet all came along, and you could just look it up so
0: yeah, kind of spoiled it,
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure
0: <laughs> but um that's what I remember it's just like it's crazy that damn yeah,
1: think about how much excitement you had as a kid. i mean they you know got it
0: is. i mean the only thing they really got to look i mean they got netflix and hulu and shit like that but the only thing they really got to look forward to, forward to as far as um you know something like the video store experience is like oh you get this email saying hey netflix just added a couple of new releases
1: <laughs> Right, but then you can instantly go on your you know tv or ps4 or whatever and go and watch it it wasn't like the trip you had to make to the video store to Hope they had a copy of whatever.
0: <laughs> exactly. Because when Blockbuster came around, that was just like mind blowing. I was like, wow, look how many copies of this one tape they got.
1: Yeah, it'd be like a whole wall, you know, a whole wall would just be like the recent release, you know what I'm saying? Oh, man.
0: Yeah. But um, like kind of going back to what you were saying, it's like I'm a, I'm a lifelong wrestling fan. And mm-hmm. I was pretty much in a way like how you were. I mean, I didn't have access to it a lot. But whenever I did have access to it, like wrestling to watch, I was all over it. I mean, I was just into it. And then my dad, he wasn't like off-putting of it, but he would <laughs> take little jabs at me. though. You know? I'd be sitting down. I'd be watching my tapes and everything, and I'm jumping around because I'm a little kid, and I'm excited. I'm like, oh, he just hit him with a chair. And then now my dad would come in and be like, you know that's fake, right? Like, but he hit him <laughs> with a chair, dad. Come on. Yeah.
1: Yeah. My dad was the same way. I mean, when I got older, you know, and, and he realized like, ah, oh, the wrestling phase is not going to go away kind of thing. He'd come and watch, you know, I'd be watching a DVD in the living room or something. And he would just be like, you know, you know, that's fake, right? And I it's like, yeah, dad, I, I know this. I think now he appreciates a lot more because I've kind of explained it to him how it all works and things like that. Yeah. Plus I'm doing it too. So he gets to watch and he, you know, has somebody he cares about doing it. So I think that, that, you know, causes him to care about it a little bit more i mean
0: like when did you start to realize as a kid and you know other than your pops kind of trying to put you off of it uh when did you really realize that like hey this is like something ain't real about this something is kind of awkward
1: um man I i don't really know there was never a moment when i was like this is this isn't real i remember listening maybe to like a radio like a morning radio show and them being like well you know wrestling is fixed and all that stuff and i might have been like six or seven but i i kind of always i don't want to say like i didn't think it was wasn't real but i always kind of thought it was like a you know staged i guess you could say yeah um even as a like a little kid but i think when i heard all that on the radio i think that's what like okay so i was like six or seven so it wasn't something that i that like i thought of you know like it was never there was never that moment where someone was like, you know, it's not real, right? And then it was like mind blowing kind of thing. It was just uh something I kind of figured out myself.
0: Yeah, I can't really pinpoint it for myself, but I, right. I could just remember my um, my pop just kind of like beating it over and over, you know, just <laughs> just kept saying it and everything like that. And then yeah. like I can be like, all right, me and my nephews and my cousins and everything, we would go actually try to do the shit, and that shit <laughs> would hurt because we actually didn't <laughs> right. know what the fuck we were doing. Yeah. So I was like, how could this be fake? And I could just, I, I could probably, it probably was like a, a a botch or something. Somebody messed up a move so bad that I was like, something ain't right. This ain't real. And yeah. what really cemented it for me is like when they had that video or that special way back when, when the dude yeah. in the mask was like debunking all the wrestling moves, how you take the moves and all kind of shit like that.
1: Yeah, I remember that. When
0: they started doing the, like the behind the mat documentaries and, oh, well, beyond like the F-
1: mat. Fox or something like that. I don't yeah. know if you remember that. Yeah, it was came came on one of those channels. Like, yeah, I remember that.
0: Yeah, it was just a dude in a mask showing how they would do the moves, and then it's like, how would you take a move from a five hundred pound man off the top rope, and all kind of shit like that.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I've 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 since went back and watched those videos on YouTube, but I vaguely remember them being a thing like as a kid as well. So,
0: yeah, because I mean, since since you were similar to me with renting the tapes and everything. Did you have a particular tape that yeah. you would rent over and over and over again?
1: I, you know, personally, I just lo- always loved the Royal Rumbles. So there'd be Rumbles I would just rent over and over again. Uh, Rumble ninety eight was probably one of my favorite Rumbles with uh, Foley coming in three times. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember, I remember renting that several different times. Uh, th- I guess those are my that's my favorite match, and so. Every time I could get my hand on a new Rumble or even, you know, an old one that I just really enjoyed, I would rent that one over and over and over. Like I said, probably Rumble 98 probably would be my, my favorite video that I probably rented. How about yourself?
0: Um, it's like I would always rent different ones. I think my favorite pay-per-view from back then was Survivor Series. I, I, I always dug yeah. the uh, elimination style matches and everything. And then yeah. like back then they would kind of have a theme. Like this would be like Team Doom versus Team Megazord or some stupid shit like yeah. that.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know, and then, um, as far as a uh, tape that I would, I would never rent really the same one over and over, but I had one that I bought that I had my mom buy me that I would watch over and over again. It was like uh the best of WrestleMania one through five, and it was like the um one match from each of those WrestleManias, and I would watch those matches over and over and over and over again from the first sure. WrestleMania to the fifth, fifth WrestleMania. And that tape is probably floating around somewhere in my mama house somewhere, but because yeah. she never get rid of shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my dad's the same way.
0: Now, just you know, like I said, I don't prepare for this shit. It's just a regular conversation. It's just genuine curiosity on my end. Uh, what's up with that water burger though?
1: Whataburger's is amazing, man. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I always tell my, my friends uh, I roomed with uh, Big Sean Stud. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him, but yeah, uh, I seen
0: him on the roster page.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I roomed with him for about a year, and he, he came down from DC, and uh, man, within that year, I had got him hooked on Waterburger. <laughs> Like, he was all about it. Now, every time he comes back down, because he he moved back home, but he comes down for the shows. Every time he moves, every time he comes back down, he's like, let's go to Waterberg. And I'm like, you gotta tell me twice. You gotta tell me twice. (laughs) I said,
0: dog, why'd you even say something? We already in the car going that way. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason I brought it up, because like, um, you're a native Texan, correct? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm, I'm not too far from here. I'm, um, I'm born and raised in uh, Lake Charles, Louisiana. Okay. And, um, I have family here in Houston, so I mean, as a child, I, you know, it was a a little bit of back and forth coming here and everything, just to visit, and and now I actually live here after retiring from the military. Mm -hmm. Is um, I haven't had Whataburger in so 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 long because in Lake Charles they had one, but um, it went away and they replaced it with like a fucking Starbucks. I could fucking burn that bitch down to the ground. (laughs) And uh, um. I can remember being a, a, in high school and all kind of stuff, and we'd just be hanging out late at night, and we'd go to motherfucking Whataburger. And that was just like some good times. And then it went away. And then... Yeah,
1: I, I grew up in uh, in Abilene, Texas, which is a little further north, uh, northwest of here. And, uh, man, that would be the spot to go to after, you know, late nights, everyone would just go hang out at the Whataburger. And I, so I got a lot of memories there, too. Yeah,
0: I mean, the only reason I really brought it up is, like, I I was going through your Instagram, which I just followed you on, and uh I seen the meme
1: <laughs>
0: that you got on here where it says you should show somebody whispering in another person here saying we're going to Whataburger and then the next part of it is uh the goosebumps on the other person's arm and shit.
1: I mean, I don't think there's another place I have like my order memorized to a T. Like I could just say it into the loudspeaker without even, you know, thinking twice about it. I'm like, I already know what I want when I get there. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to get some spicy ketchup. I'm going to get some sweet tea. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that,
0: that's like some of the sweetest tea I've ever had in a while. Yeah, that's, uh,
1: that's a southern sweet tea right there, man. The sweeter it is, the better. Yes, sir. make your tea fall out your head. <laughs> uh, yeah, man, when I was bigger, that was probably like a point when I was like 21. I think I was like 270 pounds. I was a big dude uh man i'd be drinking that i'd be drinking sodas i'd be drinking sweet tea like they were about to, like we were gonna run out now i calm down a little bit it's kind of like a uh you know once in a blue moon I'll, I'll have some sweet tea or a coke or something like that yeah i mean i had to
0: give the soda up because damn i remember as a kid i would just like i would freaking i would swim around in that shit i i drank it so damn much it was-
1: it's weird cuz like now we know that soda's not really good for you but like when you were a kid they didn't care, like, I'm thirsty, okay, get some soda, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nobody <laughs> thought twice about it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and then, like, uh, now a lot of the soda companies are going back to, like, sh- actual sugar, vice the corn yeah. syrup, or whatever the fuck they was putting in there. Yeah. But, man. Yeah,
1: like, I'm drinking sodas all day long, you wouldn't even, like, see you wouldn't think twice about it, I was just...
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought twice right. about it after a while, because I, <laughs> I kept going down after dehydration and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking be in the hospital bed and jabbed in my arm with needles, I ain't like that shit. I said I got to make a change. No, I, never got,
1: I never got dehydrated, thank goodness. But oh, so there's probably some points I was probably close.
0: You you don't you don't want that to happen. I I can remember <laughs> at points to where like I'd be eating something and then immediately that shit would just come right back up, and I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with me? And then yeah. mom take me to the hospital and everything like that. She's like, oh, he's dehydrated. He doesn't have no water in the system. It's like, how could this happen? All the motherfucker drink is sodas.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah. yeah. So it's strictly yeah. water, Gatorade, uh, alcohol, which it hydrates yeah. you. So yeah. From what I understand. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right. So a tea every now and then.
1: <laughs> yep. Can't
0: do too much sweet tea though. Oh, no, 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 no. So, what? Rest <laughs> in peace, Arnold Palmer. But, yes. uh,
1: oh, and that's one of my favorite drinks too. I was, <laughs> yeah, man, I was, sad. I was like, I need to, I need to drink an Arnold Palmer in his, in his honor. Maybe, uh, yeah. maybe an adult Arnold Palmer.
0: <laughs> Cause that, that's the only time. <laughs> <laughs> Cause that's the only times I would, uh, like drink soda. If like, if we have the family out into like a water burger or something like that, I get a soda or something then. And every time I go to a little drink fountain, I get some ice, then I get some half sweet tea half lemonade yes, and, sir. and like a dash of uh, whatever fruit punch they got in there. And I just, that's my soda.
1: Man, so good. So good.
0: <laughs> now, um, when did you start the training for being a professional wrestler?
1: Uh, I moved out here to Houston in January of 2014. Um, I started training that same month. Um, I actually came out here, uh, I went to go visit the school they had and the first day, I, you know, I got to meet Booker, Booker T. And, uh, man, it was weird because we were sitting down in his office and, you know, he's like, you know, this is what our school's about. You know, this is what we need. This is what you're going to have to do if you're going to, you know, stick around here and, and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm sitting there just like, man, like I, I am talking to Booker T. Like in the back of my <laughs> mind, that's like what kept going through my mind. Like I'm sitting here with Booker T. The Booker T. You know what I'm saying? Uh, it Did was pretty. It? it was like it was surreal almost. You know, you're sitting down with somebody that you viewed as like an icon your whole life. You know, Booker's been around forever, man. Yes. And uh, <laughs> you know, I, I remember watching him at WCW with Harlem Heat. I remember him having that TV title run, the best of seven. Yep. I remember him coming in the invasion and being like the main guy from WCW for a minute. You know, like I just remember all those memories of me watching Booker growing up. And I'm just sitting there, like, man, I'm talking to Booker T. That's crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, man, it's just, huh. I don't, I don't even know what I would would have done in that situation, cause it's um this past WrestleMania in uh, Dallas, I was out there and I met uh, MVP uh, for the ever most briefest time. Yeah, and I was just like, he's right there. He's like. No lie, I could, like, reach my arm out and push him in the back of the head. I wouldn't do that, but I could have. Yeah. And, you know, because, like, to me, he is one of my, um, like, I would say probably top five uh United States champions. I mean, I, yeah. I dig the For hell sure. out of the guy. And he's yeah. fucking right there. Right there. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I was I, shook.
1: I, I've met MVP a few times, man. He's a cool guy. He's a lot bigger than I thought he would be when, yeah. <laughs> like, when I first met. I was like, this dude is huge. Uh, he used to come to our school back when he was, uh, working in Japan more often. Yeah. He, uh, he would come to our school and he'd like work out with us a little bit before he went overseas just to kind of like, you know, get the rust off of him or whatever. Um uh, but he's a really cool dude, man. He's, he's like the most direct person I think I've ever met. He has no problem telling you how, how the fuck things are, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. And I, I got a but, little, uh,
0: I got a little sample of that. Yeah. Cause, um, but, like,
1: like I said, he's a cool, I mean, he's a cool guy. He's always been cool with me, so.
0: Yeah, because, like, um, I went to the ROH show that day, and in the same building, that was having the WrestleCon. So he was there yeah. for the WrestleCon, and then I'm walking out, and I think I told this story on the last podcast, but fuck it, I do what I want, this is my show. Yeah. <laughs> uh I was walking out, and he was um, sitting, um standing there on the curb waiting um, for a Valet to bring his car up, and I'm just sitting there. I was like, that's motherfucking MVP, dog." And I'm sitting there, I'm walking around with my fucking big-ass WWE title belt on my shoulder and shit, just being a wrestling fan. And (laughs) I was like, he's right there. He's right there. And I walked back and forth like three or four times past him. Like, not in front of him, just like behind him on the sidewalk. And I was like, fuck it. I walked up to him. I was like, hey, how you doing? And then I was all timid as fucking shit. I was all speaking all low. And he was like, huh? And kind of like, (laughs) <laughs> leaned in to hear what the fuck I was saying and I was like can I take a pic- picture with you and um he was like he paused for a second and he was like you know what I'm gonna have to tell you no and here's why <laughs> because I was in WrestleCon and you know those people paid to take pictures and get autographs from me and that wouldn't be fair to them if I just take yeah. the picture out here with you for free and yeah. I was like you know uh, I wouldn't even think about that that makes sense and then he's like, But I will shake your hand though. I was like, Oh, I appreciate it. Thank you. And then I walked off and went on about my business. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I remember it was like the first week I was bumping. And
0: painful process.
1: It's uh yeah, it's not fun. Um and I remember I was taking a back elbow. we that particular day we were taking back elbows off the ropes. And uh when I was bumping, I was probably I was like floating a little bit. Um is what, you know, what he was saying, like, you're, you're coming off the ropes and you're floating when you're taking that bump, you need to make it crisp, you need to make a snap. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, how long have you been doing this? And I was like, oh, I've been doing this for like a week. And he's like, oh, well, in that case, <laughs> you'll be all right. <laughs> you'll figure <laughs> it out. You're doing okay right now. You've been doing it for like a week. All right, you'll be good. Um, So like I said, he's, ne- he's never had a problem just telling me, telling how it is. So I've always respected that about MVP.
0: Yeah. And that was kind of cool, too. It's just like, He didn't like try to step in and try to correct you or nothing like that because he still wanted you to afford you that learning process or whatever. Want you to go through the motions and
1: everything. Yeah. He still I mean he told me what it's supposed to look like, but you know, he didn't say like, oh well, you need to get this right now. You know, he was like, Okay, well, since you just barely learn how to bump, you know, you'll you'll get there. You know, don't don't worry about it. You'll you'll figure it out. So that was pretty cool. Cool.
0: That's that's fucking great, man. I don't know what else to say about that, but it was funny too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now what? You, you've been wrestling what? Straight out of high school, you since you were about 18 or whatever?
1: Oh man, I wish. Uh I played I played basketball in high school. Um yeah, I was like all district and all that good stuff. Um but I didn't play in college. Man, when I got when I got out of high school, actually towards the end of my high school life i started you know drinking and and eating whatever i wanted to and i wasn't working out so man i probably i probably put on like 70 pounds within like a year or two man i put on a lot of weight and uh freaking uh one day i was looking at myself in the mirror i was probably like 270 pounds it was like 2011 ish uh i just like you know what man i'm just gonna I'm going to go to the park. I'm going to run as far as I possibly can run and we'll see what happens. So every single day I'd go to the park and run a little bit more. And so I, dry, I went down to about probably about 190 pounds in the span of a year or something like, like, yeah, probably 2012. I was probably down to like, yeah, 2012, I was down to 190 pounds. And uh, so whenever I got lost all that weight, I started lifting weights again. I was like, you know, it's a real possibility for me to, you know, Pursue wrestling because it's always something, you know, I said I never wrestling never I never stopped thinking about wrestling I always watched yeah. as much as possibly could always on the you know on the websites and all that good stuff and uh, so uh, When I got my money, right, because I, I, <laughs> I Grew up <laughs> in very humble. Uh, I grew up poor as fuck. I have over that <laughs> yeah. My parents don't have money. Nobody's got money in my family. So I worked hard man. I was working like two jobs I saved up a little bit of money my friends live down here. They're like, hey, you can rent out a room from us. I was like, great, because Booker has a school down here. And so I was like 24 when I finally was able to, like, you know, get into wrestling. Uh, I wish, man, I wish I was 18 and had, you know, had everything together and was able to move down here and start training. But, you know, I think everything worked out for a reason, so.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, you hear about those guys like uh, Daniel Bryan and a couple of others. It's like, as soon as they walked across the stage and, at high school, it was like, running toward the ring and shit you know
1: i mean I, I listened to a ton of podcasts and people's interviews and stuff like that you know when i was in high school or whatever just anything i can get my hands on especially youtube was you know popular at that time like rat right 2007 2008 and uh everyone's you know everyone's like every wrestler i ever listened to was like don't get into wrestling you know make sure you have a college degree before you get into wrestling yeah so my plan was always like i'm just gonna go get a college degree and then if i still want to wrestle then i'll just go wrestle Mm-hmm. and it didn't pan out that way. Uh I'm working on my degree right now, but uh like I said that was my that was my game plan like go get a college degree and if wrestling was still something that I wanted to do, then I will just go do it. Uh, but trust me, man, I wish I wish I had was afforded the opportunities to be able to do it as soon as I walked across the stage. Uh I just didn't have the the means or the uh the plans to go and do that at that particular time because Abilene... There's, not, there's no indie promotions in that. There's yeah. nothing there. Uh, WWE would come once every two years, I think. Yeah. Um, maybe. And, <laughs> uh, and like, not to cut you off, but that.
0: but that shit would nothing. piss me off so bad, man. Because like, Lake Charles is like right there on the border of Texas and shit. Yeah. And they would never come to Lake Charles. I mean, they would come once every blue moon when I lived there actively. But as soon as I left that motherfucker, like, I joined the military, like, right out of high school. But as uh-huh. soon as I left Lake Charles, they came every fucking year. And sometimes twice and three times a year. I was like, you motherfuckers. Yeah.
1: It seemed when I moved away from that, Williams, they started going there every single year. So I'm like, all right. Well, it wasn't like that when I was a kid. I think the first time they came was in, like, 2001 or something like that. Uh, and then they started coming every other year. But, yeah, I mean, there's nothing there. And... So it wasn't like I could just go train at some you know rinky-dink place in Abilene there just wasn't that there so I knew it had I'd have to move somewhere I just didn't have the means to do that at that particular time in my life so yeah I mean
0: just being a lifelong wrestling fan I was just like I wanted to do it too but yeah. it was much of the same for me is just like um they didn't have any schools around me that I knew of anyway and then um at the time when I was graduating high school, I got my um, my ex wife knocked up. So, I mean that kinda changed my plans or whatever. I was like, Man, I ain't gonna be able to feed a wife and some kids on some motherfucking wrestling. Right. So, you know, I went into the military and everything. And then uh sixteen years later, goddamn <laughs> I think it started uh two years ago. Uh I went to a independent promotion in Missouri while I was stationed okay. called uh Central States Championship Wrestling. They fall under the NWA umbrella. Uh-huh. And I went to a show. They had a show for the Juneteenth celebration in the park. And I was sitting there and I watched them. And, you know, and this was like really the first time in my whole, you know, life that I got to see, you know, an independent show. You know, yeah. it's always, always, you know, clamored over the WWE and everything like that. And, um, WCW when it was a thing, you know, the, the main, the name brand shit, but I never been to an independent show before in my life. So this was like, wow for me. I was like, man, I'm like up close and I'm up, up and personal. And, you know, just hearing what people talk about on podcasts, like, you know, wrestling in front of like 20 something people, a hundred something people. I was there in the crowd for some shit like that. So, I mean, it was cool for me.
1: Right. It, it's a cool experience for wrestling fans to go to that that first indie experience because you hear about it so much and you're like, well, you know, what is it like? And then when you're there, it's like, ah, oh, it's kind of like, you know, it's kind of cool. Yeah, so they now... Um, probably, probably most people would be like, oh, you know, there's like 20 people here. Like, why the fuck are we here? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I mean, I, I enjoy wrestling so much. I mean, I, I don't give a fuck. It could have been just me and that bitch. I would have been there having the ball.
1: Right. That, I'm the exact same way.
0: So, I mean... It, is from that that uh, I, I'm kind of stepping around because like it wasn't in the park. That was the second time I went, but uh-huh. um, I just got stationed in Missouri and I went to the grocery store there on base and I was just walking to the grocery store and they had a flyer in the window of the grocery store saying that hey, live professional wrestling. I was like, oh shit, it's yeah. like it's like a welcome me to Missouri and shit, you know? Yeah. So I found out where it was gonna be. It was uh, on base. I went there. It was in the freaking. The middle school gym, <laughs> and I took my uh my youngest daughter there. that was like her first wrestling event. she was like three then, so um uh, we sat there, we watched wrestling, we got to take pictures um uh, with the uh, one of the champions afterwards, uh-huh. and um they announced their next show was gonna be in um the park yeah but um before then, the champion uh showtime Shane summers
1: <laughs>
0: he was gonna oh, be man. yeah. He was going to be at a freaking, uh, I think it was like the dollar store or some shit, signing autographs and selling merch and shit. They had like a little um, grand opening there in the little bitty town that the promotion was in. So I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go. So I go to the um, thing. I'm looking around. He there. He got his title belt on the table. Him and his promoter is sitting there. And I wasn't really nervous because, I mean, they weren't really like WWE superstars they're on TV and all kind of stuff like that, but still at the same time they are professional wrestlers, and you know I got mad respect for y'all and what y'all do. So I mean, I was getting the jitters and shit. I don't mean, I don't know why. I was like, oh shit, that's like a wrestling belt. It's right there on the table. Yeah, I was like, oh shit. I said, like, this champ, he right there. So I went up with him. I shook his hand and everything. I introduced the baby to him. They took a picture, and then um, it was just like. At a snap, it was like at an instant. I was like, I went to the promoter. I was like, Hey, y'all need help with anything? I was like, I mean, can I do anything for y'all? Can I damn? I can run your Facebook page. I can put the ring together. I mean, do y'all need help with anything? I just want to be involved. Yeah. And he was like, Well, we got the show in the park coming up. I mean, we need some help with that. I mean, if you show up at this time, uh, we'll show y'all to set up the ring and everything, and we'll go from there. I was like, Sweet. So. Man, and that's how it got started for me at fucking what? That was two years ago, mm-hmm. fucking thirty, <laughs> thirty-two years old, <laughs> fucking putting wrestling rings together and shit.
1: You probably you probably ate up every moment of that. Oh, you
0: fucking right, man. We get to the par- <laughs> we get to the park, and it, I mean, this is like w- the reason that I wanted to help in any way that I could. This was like no shit, like a mom and pops freaking promotion, dog. Yeah, it man. was after that show, the first show I went to, you know, everything was over there. was breaking down the fucking, the talent was young talent. They fucking jetted the fuck up out of there. And then right. man, it's the guy, the promoter. He's an older gentleman and uh-huh. his wife. And like maybe one or two other people, they all in there breaking down the guardrails. They're breaking down the ring. They're putting the lights down. And I'm like, why nobody helping these people? They ain't got no vulnerable people than this. So that's what made me want to help them out. And, um, Showed up to the park that day. They had the trailer out in the um, field. And he's like, all right, we're going to set the ring up. They opened that back door. I seen all the posts and the ropes and the guardrails and the chairs. And I was like, oh, shit.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> I'm doing it, man. I'm putting the ring together. Yep. And then, like, the whole time we was putting the ring together. I don't know if you ever put one together, but we putting it together. Oh. <laughs> we putting the post up and everything and um you know we securing the ropes down to the posts and all that stuff this whole time that we doing going through this process i did not step 1 foot inside the actual ring
1: yeah
0: because like man i was nervous like i was shaking i had the jitters and i was just like man this is cool and all but like i didn't feel that i deserved to stand inside of a wrestling ring because you know i didn't pay the dues you know i didn't put myself through you know what you guys put yourself through and everything i didn't feel that i was worthy to do something like that so I was just sitting there like oh man this is a fucking wrestling ring (laughs) so we we put everything together set up the whole thing the guardrails put the chairs out and I sat there and I watched the show and um it was decent for what it was they had a couple of miscues and everything but hey man shit happens Yep. and um that was it after everything was done we tore everything down threw it back in the trailer and um I told them I appreciate them for giving me the opportunity to help them, <laughs> which sounds weird. Right. And, um, they was like, yeah, man, keep in touch. Uh, we got some other shows planned up for this, this and this. And, um, if we got anything else come up, we'll get in contact and, um, we'll have you come out. And I was like, all right, cool. Thanks. So for probably about six to eight months, I contacted the promoter like every month on the spot, just checking in, see how they're doing if they needed any help or anything, if a show was coming up. And since it was like such a small promotion, they didn't have too many people to help. You know, they didn't put on a lot of shows throughout that eight months. So every month on the, on the dime, on the spot, I would call the dude. I mean, I called it. I would get on Facebook and message him. Be like, Hey, how you doing? Anything going on? Blah, 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 blah. He'd be like, nah, nothing going on, but I appreciate you checking in. Yada, yada, yada. And this went on for almost eight months. And then one day out of the blue, he messaged me and he was like, Hey, man, we think about opening up a school and. um, With your military background and everything, we know you're in good shape and everything. We will offer to train you for free. If like if we get some new recruits in and you come in there, and you stretch them out pretty much, you know, you get them ready as far as calisthenics and all kind of stuff like that. Run them around, you know, get them ready, warm them up before they actually get in the ring and do work. I was like, you fucking right. You damn right. I do that (laughs) shit. (laughs) I was like, tell me when and where to be. Uh uh-huh. and um sure enough he told me this date this date be here showed up and it was like what all whatever old school person that you ever talked to or you ever heard do interviews or whatever it yeah. was just like that it was out in the country the fucking ring was set up inside yeah. like a fucking barn yeah and i'm <laughs> like dog this is 2015 what the fuck is going on <laughs> 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 uh and that's when it started for me I mean I got in there and um they showed me the basics how to um take a bump um I took a body slam suplexes I did all that shit I trained with them for about a year Mm
1: -hmm. and um we interrupt the podcast you were listening to to talk about another podcast my name is jd blute and along with my wife crises we are the crises versus blute show your world intergender tag team champions of the world we're a comedy podcast focused on our misguided lives a little bit of fun and we throw in some wrestling and horror chat for good measure you can find us on itunes soundcloud TuneIn, google play music or wherever you get your podcast from so please don't forget to check us out
0: came up to decision time to where if I was gonna stay in the Marine Corps or retire out because they afforded me the opportunity to retire early. Yeah. And I was like, man, as much as I love doing this, you know, um, I'm gonna go ahead and retire. <laughs> <laughs> so um I took the retirement that which pretty much subsequent, subqu I can't even say the word, which pretty much ended my so quote unquote wrestling career or whatever. Right. Which I never had a match or anything like that but as part of me leaving they wanted to have me do one match you know as like a goodbye match or whatever which right. i i couldn't get clear with my physical and all kind of stuff like that in time so mm-hmm. it didn't come to be but if whatever i did for that whole year the whole two years that i was piling around with them putting up the reins mm-hmm. going to different places helping them set up for shows yeah. uh, helping them with their talent running their facebook their twitter anything that i could do to help that promotion was enough for me it's like I feel fulfilled I mean if I never step foot inside of a wrestling ring again I'm fine with that I mean I don't have no intentions to you know come into your territory now that I'm in Houston try to take yeah. the tag titles off you with, with my daughter <laughs> or nothing but uh
1: I, I, give, man, I give props to anybody that gets in the, gets in the ring and, and uh, takes the bumps and hits the ropes and does the rolls and all that good stuff because I mean that's when you find out like even if you do all that stuff and you and you realize it's not for you like, you, I still give you props because it's respect of getting in the ring and, and at least giving it a go because I feel like there's too many too many wrestling fans who, you know, they're like, well, how come people don't do this or how come, you know, wrestlers aren't doing more? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, okay, well, how about you go in there and take a bump and see how that feels? And
0: that shit don't at feel the, good.
1: <laughs> and then tell me, you know, should we be going off the top rope every move? Because <laughs> it's, it's not a good experience. But, uh, man, props for definitely going through the process. Uh, of, of training, all that good stuff. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I appreciate you for whatever you do, man. Cause I mean, <laughs> just being there, going through it, and I was just like, oh man, this fucking sucks. And like, people do this every night, just about.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> and I mean, uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's, Cause I started at Booker's in 2014. There's literally been hundreds of people, hundreds of people that have come through those doors that have trained and, you know, different circumstances but they've all you know left and they've you know hundreds like I said hundreds of people have come and it's just it's crazy you know to you got to have a certain mindset when you get into wrestling like this is what I want to do this is what I'm going to do and you can't like you know have any other you know it's got to be what you want to do that makes sense
0: yeah because I mean it's always something that I wanted to do my entire life I never I could never turn off the wrestling Yep. And you know, just to have that opportunity. I mean, I know I'm older now, but I mean, that don't mean shit. I mean, DDP started at what 33, 34 or some shit like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, 35 I think I heard. I watched the resurrection of Jake and Snake Roberts last yeah. night and he said something like started 35
0: and but right. Yeah. So I mean, he's one of my favorite wrestlers and you know, I kind of looked I looked toward him as far, you know, when I was going through the training and everything. Yeah. And um I was like, man, even if I don't make it big, even if I don't have a match, I mean, I just wanted to do this. I wanted to know that I can actually get in the ring and do this shit, you know. You know, that's
1: more of what it was for me. It's cool. Yeah, for sure, man. It's uh it's definitely when you step through the ropes and you and you see it from that perspective, it, it just gives you a whole new look, outlook on, you know, how what wrestling is and what those guys do or what we do yeah. in the ring, you know what I'm saying?
0: And it's just like over the past couple of years I mean, I think I've been more of a wrestling fan than I've ever been in my whole life. Yep. Now with the um, internet and YouTube and everybody, you know, periscoping from their phone, I mean, wrestling is at my motherfucking fingertips 24-7, <laughs> literally.
1: <laughs> yep. It's awesome, man. You know? You, you don't ever get the itch to want to go back and there and bump a little bit more? Like, uh, <laughs> man, I miss hitting the ropes or so I miss bumping a little bit. I don't you know. Never, you'll never get that itch?
0: I mean, I do. I do. Even sitting here talking to a professional wrestler right now, I'm, I'm thinking about it right now. Yeah. But also at the same time, I'm remembering my very first fucking clothesline, and I don't <laughs> like that feeling, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I do, and then, you know, um, when I was leaving from there, talking with um the promoter and everything, he's like, you know, if you get down at uh Texas, you know, book T school down there, they got a couple of other NWA affiliates down there. You know, I can put some words in for you if you, um, interested in doing it again. And I, you know, I've been tempted, but I don't know, man. Cause I, I, I look at it this way. It's like, I've been in the military 16 years.
1: Uh-huh. I done put
0: my body through some bullshit already. Then to throw <laughs> wrestling on top of it all too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm fine sitting in the crowd and looking at y'all. Okay.
1: That's what's up, man.
0: But I mean, any other aspect of it, like if I, if they wanted me to, if a promotion was as gracious enough to let me in, to set up their ring and put up their guardrails, work the cameras like I was doing for the other promotion, I would have no problem doing no shit like that.
1: There's a, I mean, you could probably do that with, with reality wrestling. If, if you, uh, if I get you in contact with the right people, if you oh, wanted to come and help out, man, <laughs> there's, there's other promotions in Houston as well that I'm sure you could probably help them out as well. I'm not sure how familiar you are with, with, the companies down here, but I said that, you know, any promotions are always looking for help, um, yeah. in any way they can, they can get it. So man, we
0: could talk about that offline. Cause I mean, <laughs> for
1: sure,
0: yeah, man. I mean, you, you see you, you flare I'm scratching right now. Damn
1: it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man. But anyway, you was, um, talking a little bit, uh, before about, you know, actually taking your first couple bumps and everything, you know, meeting Booker T like as far as the training there, at his school, I mean, we've heard like, you know, you know, freaking Brian Kendrick and Daniel Bryan and then they went to Shawn Michaels' school or whatever. But Shawn Michaels was there, but he wasn't as hands-on. You know what I mean? He was pretty much like, you know, his name is on the building and other people doing the training. Is it like that there? Is Booker T getting a little uh, hands-on? Is his brother helping? What's going on over there?
1: Uh, Stevie Ray is not. Stevie Ray doesn't really show up too much. Um, Booker, when he's not – On the road for WWE because he still does the um, or he's always done you know something with WWE. He always does the pre shows for Raw and SmackDown, so they fly him up to uh, fly him up to Connecticut. But when he's there, when he's in town, he's there and he's helping. I always think of like Booker; he's like the head coach. Mm Um, but we have you know other guys there that uh, are you know there more often. You know, doing the training, the day in and day out training. But like I said, when Booker's there, everyone's like, you know, he's the one taking the reins. He's the one calling the shots. He's uh he's everybody's mentor there, and they uh, like say he's the head coach. So what Booker says goes, and he's not like I said he's not there every single day. Yeah, I understand. When he's when he's uh, when he's not working, he's definitely there. He's definitely got his hands in, in the pot and and helping out. Because man, he's got the good the thing that that made me want to come to books more so than any other school was the fact that you know Booker's been there, done that, made a lot of money in almost every single promotion that's ever been in the United States. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, why would you not go to somebody who's made a ton of money, who's drawn a ton of people? And so sometimes you hear, you know, someone that, you know, has been working for eight years, eight to 10 years and they, they've got great ideas, but then you, and then book, you know, gives his two cents on the, on the matter. And it just gives you like a whole new perspective on, you know, the, the psychology of what he wants or, you know, whatever the case may be. He's just, I always think he's like a mad scientist because he, he gets in these weird modes where he's starting to figure things out in his mind. And then once he, once he gets it all together, he like puts it out there and you're like, man, that's so good. Like, I don't, I don't even think I can get close to anything like that. So, uh, yeah, man, he's definitely the head coach. Um, but we also got, like I, I always tell people, um, guys like the Lockhart's, um, ryan davidson rex andrews guys like that they've helped me you know help train me as well as booker and uh it's a group effort there for sure everyone's helping out everyone's trying to move everyone along but booker's the head coach and he's there when he can be there sweet
0: that's great um tv i mean they got like a little tv spot down that way right
1: yeah yeah we got uh home on the cw here in houston they uh, we we've been on 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings, and I think this October first show is going to be the first time we're going to have Saturday nights at midnight. I think they uh, CW is like really happy with our ratings, okay, that we've been pulling in for the past year. So they wanted to give us a better time slot that would fit pro wrestling a little better than 11 a.m. on Sunday mornings, so because that's more you know church crowd that kind of thing. Yeah. So they wanted to give us a better time slot for us to be more, you know, edgier, I guess you could say. So they gave us that night nice slot. But they also gave us uh, we all we're gonna be cross branding with a lot of other shows on CW as well, like news fix and things like that. So it's gonna give us more we're gonna get more eyes on our product because we're gonna be on a lot of different shows on CW and they're gonna be doing more advertising for us as well. So I'm excited about it, man. It's it's cool. Ever since I got here at Books, we've been slowly, gradually getting, you know, better and better tv better time slots um so it's it's pretty crazy man i've been recognized in public and you know people have come up to me and be like oh aren't you bartek from you know reality wrestling and i'm like yeah man uh,
0: see that's <laughs> yeah, fucking yeah. sweet man
1: and, you know houston's houston's a big city so You're fucking right because
0: kind of <laughs> 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 i mean i think when i first reached out to you you was like yeah man i could come by there. i was like no 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 <laughs> yeah. Ways, that's, um, yeah yeah that north side just to the south side. And I, we ain't even yep. covering the east to the west. That's just a fucking nightmare.
1: Yep. Yep. It's a huge city. So I, it's like its own state pretty much.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. I, I, I've, like I said, I've been to Houston and uh, Texas as a child. I mean, I, you know, just like the Mine and shit like yeah. that and Winnie and, you know, little bitty towns in Houston here and there. But damn, coming back as an adult years later and like actually, you know, getting, a better perspective of how big this motherfucker is because <laughs> like we came back this way around july so i was like yeah man i'll go house hunting uh houston or whatever i just drive around you know check out some addresses and shit and then i was like i'm driving all right 20 miles to the next destination yep. what the fuck is this tollway what is this shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it's it's crazy how big it is here
0: now, um, with the TV, uh how was what was the experience like for you, your first time, your first night or day or whatever, being on TV?
1: Uh, I've been training for like 10 months, and uh, I, uh, Booker decided like he went to put me in this group called Legion, and uh, but the deal was I was going to be a timekeeper, so I was out at the timekeeper's table the entire night. It was like match nine on the, on the night. And I was just sitting out there by a the timekeeper's table, just you know, ringing the bell or whatever. And when the, you know, when the time came around, time, I, time, uh, time, time, time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> when the time came around, I went in there and broke up a pinfall and and joined the 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 cult uh, known as Legion. And that was like my first, you know, first anything in wrestling, really. So it was a huge, huge deal in my mind. And, and You got a tattoo, right? Yeah, I got the tattoo. I got the uh, the timekeeper tattoo. The well, it's the um, can't think of it right now. The, the what is it called? Big Ben? What is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Big Ben. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: the uh, yeah tower clock, whatever it is, tattooed on my forearm because of that very experience that I had being a timekeeper and all that stuff. So it was a it was a huge experience. I mean, the cameras. I didn't even think so much of the cameras as much as I just thought of the performance and just want to go out there. And, uh, when I first was out there, I just wanted to, I just wanted to belong. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I looked up to all these guys. I think we have great talent at reality wrestling. There's going to be guys that, I mean, we've already had, uh, Brennan Williams got signed. Um, there's going to be other guys who are going to get signed from reality wrestling because the talent's too good here. And, uh, So there's guys like Mysterious Q and Rex Andrews and Ryan Davidson and the Lockhearts and guys like that, that I was like, man, I got to be on these guys level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I was only thinking about the performance and I wasn't thinking too much about the cameras, just in my character, just doing what I need to do and not fuck it up (laughs) because Booker made sure that I heard that several times that day. Like, don't fuck this up kid. Uh, so that was, that, that was what I was thinking. And, uh, yeah man every time i go out there just thinking about the performance i don't think about the cameras too much uh just going out there and you know putting on a performance for the people that are there and and i guess the cameras too as well
0: yeah and if anybody know about fucking up it is booker t i mean we we all know the infamous uh youtube clip of him uh, cutting a promo on hogan
1: (laughs) yeah he he doesn't like that at all oh i can imagine man (laughs)
0: I can imagine. I mean, yeah. that had to be oh man, because I mean, there's
1: only a few things that Booker hears about when he gets stopped by people. That's one of them. The uh, oh,
0: man, that's gotta super, be horrible. Rooney
1: is another one, and uh, the the supermarket brawl is another one that he always gets talked about. So, yeah, I mean,
0: that's some iconic moments. I mean, probably not for him, but. <laughs> I mean, but, like, out of any of those or whatever, I mean, hey, man, he got paid to do a job. I mean, I appreciate him for him because, he, I mean, he entertained me with his shenanigans. But that Hogan promo, man, yep. that had to – oh, man. Because, I mean, I, I can only imagine, like, back then, that was their livelihood, to be on TV, to wrestle. I mean, that was probably their <laughs> bread and butter. And for him to say something like that, I mean, immediately you can tell he was remorseful for what he said. And yeah. then they, um not knowing right after that promo when you're going to walk off camera, if you're going to be fired or not. I mean, I can just imagine.
1: Sure. <sighs> yeah, he, he didn't know what was going to happen. As soon as, Cause it was live and you know, you don't exactly. know, but, but that, that's Booker and Stevie, man. I don't think anybody's ever ascended to where, you know, from where they came from to where they got to, uh, as far as wrestling is concerned. Cause I mean, they came from, you know, they didn't came from nothing. Yeah. And, Made it, you know, made millions of dollars, both of them. So now
0: I'm not too, I mean, I know what it is. I know who runs it and everything, but I'm not too familiar with the reality of wrestling. Like, as I said, like before me and you started talking, I just finished watching my first match (laughs) with you in it. So, um, the only thing I can remember from it, you know, about hearing about it or whatever was those infamous, infamous. I can't even talk. Infamous. uh commercials of um booker t saying right behind the bowling alley uh, are y'all yeah. still right behind the bowling alley or did y'all move
1: we moved to a new arena man we just got a new place down in texas city uh it was part of the mall the mainland um man we we reconstructed the whole building that we we're in now it's an arena plus it's got training in the back as well sweet it's the second largest like training facility in the united states behind nxt um but that's where we have all of our tv tapings as well is in that building and it's come along like man it's from what it was when we we literally built that place with our hands you know we we tore that place down all the wrestlers and we we built it back up and uh when people go like JBL just was there a couple weekends ago just to check it out um and he was impressed by it so that's cool man it's it's crazy man cuz we used to train at a smaller place out in Pasadena, and it was kind of like a little warehouse almost. I'm pretty
0: um, sure it wasn't a barn, though.
1: No, it wasn't a barn. <laughs> it was a warehouse. It did have AC that didn't work, uh, <laughs> so you know the, the summers were grueling out there. I believe it. But uh, and then we used to do TV tapings at this uh, gymnasium in uh, Clear Lake. Um, so to be able to like build our own arena and looks more like an arena like a tv you know like it's kind of like our own ecw arena pretty much That's what's up. and uh from to go from that to there it's it's crazy man like i said like since i got here we've just been moving on up all right now um
0: i had something i, I lost it fuck it uh you need to tell me about a couple things okay what's up with the Ref stash man (laughs) is that thing real is it glued on what is that
1: (laughs) that is a that is a real mustache uh that stash has on there he just had it um you know since i started here (laughs) (laughs) that's what that's what the, the fans know him as that's what everyone knows they call him stash that's who he is
0: Man, and then even the uh, commentators, damn, called it out. Like, they call him Ref Stash. I was just like, man, what is this thing on his face, man?
1: It's, it was funny when I first got here, we had two refs. One was Stash and one was Beard. So, <laughs> that's what they call it, a Stash and Beard.
0: Shit, that's a tag team. Yeah, for real. <laughs> now, um, from seeing um, your match, I think the, the match I watched was um, when Y'all, um, you and, was this, uh Cam, Cam Cole? Cole. Yep. Um, y'all got the tag titles. That's the one I yep. watched. Um. What was that experience like?
1: Uh, Man, you know, me and Cameron both started about the same time of books. And like I said, like, you know, hundreds of people came through those doors and, you know, came and left. Uh, and the Lockhart told us, you know, when we like, you know, we'd been there for a couple of years. They're like, you guys are kind of like the anomalies who just kind of stuck around. And, you know, both you guys are like, you know, Booker sees, you know, Booker saw talent, but we were both like prospects for a long time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, it it was never even like an idea in my head that we were going to get, you know, get the tag titles until pretty much that day when they were like, all right, we're putting the the straps on you guys. Oh, snap. (laughs) And so, I mean, I didn't even know what to do when I got the belt. I was like, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Like this is—it's like one of those feelings you can't even put into words. Because as a wrestling fan growing up your whole life, you dream of that first championship belt yeah. that you'll ever get, and to do it with like a friend like Cam, because we, like I said, we we rose up the ranks at the exact same time. We've gone through the same growing pains. Uh, to do it with you know do it with him was like it was a super cool experience, man. Like I said, it's it's not something that I can put into words to tell you know someone like this is you know the joy that I felt. Uh, it was just. As a lifelong wrestling fan, to get that first championship belt is, uh, it's surreal. That's maybe surreal is probably the best way I could put it. Sweet. I mean, I, I don't even know. It's
0: like, um, when I was working with that promotion, I would see those guys walk around with those belts, man. And I'd just be like in awe. I'd just be staring at them like, wow, that's, that's, that's the titles, man. Mm -hmm. And whatever. And then I, I went paid for my WWE belt and shit. And I'd walk around with that big (laughs) motherfucker.
1: But I never like, owned a, I never owned a belt, man.
0: Uh, oh man, it was on my bucket list. I had to get one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> when I was a kid, man, I would like make our like make championships for our like promotion we had or whatever. Like not a promotion, but like our backyard stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I would just like get a frisbee and put duct tape on each side of the traps. So that that was those were like the belts that I had as a kid. That I was like, yeah, this is our heavyweight championship. You know, I never had like a legit title or anything like that so yeah. that was like the first title i ever ever had so man it was like i would wait like i gotta take it home i got to I wake up every morning i'd be like hey
0: <laughs> like, how you doing <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> all right man um from what i've seen in in that same match or whatever um as far as your attire style i mean when yeah. i first seen it i was just like man that's kind of like a modern day Big Daddy Cool type deal or whatever. Yeah, you had the um the singlet up top, you had the long pants, but at the bottom you had the the kick pads and everything. It was like a more modern style or whatever. Yeah. I mean, what what was your inspiration behind your gear and everything? Um,
1: you know, it was kind of it kind of is Diesel Big Daddy Cool. Like I said, I grew up watching him, you know, younger, but like I'm a little more athletic. I really haven't had an opportunity to show as much athleticism as I actually have mm-hmm. yet, but I like to stay nimble, and the and the, the kick pads keep me a little more agile than say the boots do. Yeah, so that's why I've I've done the kick pads as opposed to just the traditional boots. But uh, yeah, man, it's definitely uh, I I feel like I'm somewhere like the modern modern day Kevin Nash, I guess you could say, but with a man uh, bun. And with the man bun, (laughs) which I'm sure he probably had a man bun at certain times in his WCW career, he just probably never, never acknowledged it. But, uh, yeah, man, it's he's definitely an inspiration for my gear as well.
0: And then you know, Cole just flopping around there in his man draws and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, as a child, I never really that never really bothered me. I mean, like it's like these guys out there beating each other up and shit. And, you know, I get older, a little more aware of the world. I was like, these motherfuckers right. out there in their draws right yeah.
1: now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'll ever don just straight up wrestling trunks. <laughs> I mean, uh, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I don't know. Uh,
0: quick opinion. Um, yep. I mean, you, you watch the current WWE product and everything, right? Of course. All right, you hear the gripes and complaints with the internet about uh, Roman Reigns and his attire. Mm-hmm. Now, me... Being the person to see in Roman Reigns, you know, in its early incarnations or whatever, when he wore the little tights and the shorts or whatever. Right. What the fuck? If they did change Roman Reigns, what the fuck they gonna change his gear too? In your I, opinion, I mean, what what could they do with that dude? Because I mean, I he looks awkward in everything.
1: Do. I don't think you change Roman Reigns. I think uh, for me, I feel like once wrestling fans turn on somebody. You ain't you ain't coming back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> look, at, look at John Cena. Uh, so I think he's just kind of in the unenviable position of being, you know, somebody that fans don't like. I don't like. He's a great worker. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, loved his matches with AJ Styles earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Match with Daniel Bryan last year really stuck out, or last year, year before that, uh, one of those times. I mean, he's always had really good matches with whoever he's in the ring with. But like I said, once the crowd turns against you, ain't no coming back. <laughs> That's
0: it. I mean, you you threw out Cena or whatever, but Cena is like an anomaly, though. Yeah, because like um, and and we, me and a couple of my friends and other wrestling podcasts and just people on the internet in general, just some of the other wrestling fans, not the the main focus group, but just some of us, mm-hmm. we talked about this. They only boo. John Cena because you know they go to these shows and other people boo John Cena. So right. they automatically think like hey, when John Cena come out, let's boo him, you know? I mean, it's like a trend, it's like a fad. It's like to do the woo or the yes chant or something like that. It's just something to do. I mean, not necessarily meaning that they feel that way, but it's just it's what to do when they hear Cena music. You know? And then, because yeah. um, he'll come out there, they'll be booing him. They're they seeing the John Cena sucks with his theme and all kind of shit. And by the time the fucking bell is rung and the match is over, they is cheering John Cena. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't understand, you know, what's going on.
1: I think, uh, yeah, I think Cena's an anomaly. I think it's like the thing to do now just to boo Cena. But I, I think he's got the respect of almost every wrestling fan and uh i mean how long has he been doing it now 12 and he's still years almost on, he's still putting on hell of matches and, yeah
0: i think yeah. now he's doing the best work of his career
1: oh for sure i think so too um it's just i think there was that point in time where everyone was just getting tired of seeing him winning all the time yeah um and that's but man my- that was that was so long ago now i feel like yeah <laughs>
0: I mean, and that's what we're going through with Roman Reigns right now. So I could see the resentment
1: and everything.
0: But, I yeah. mean, I don't think they should have put the U.S. title on him. I mean, it is kind of a step down in the big scheme of title pictures, but I don't right. think they should have put that on him.
1: No, I didn't think they were going to either. But, you know, they, they've they got a plan, and that, and that's what they're going to do. So maybe if they put him in the U.S. title picture, he won't be, you know, in the World Heavyweight title picture for a while. So yeah, maybe that'll get a little steam off of him, but – uh, we'll see what happens with all that.
0: Man, I think Rusev is the fucking bomb, man. I think they should have just kept that on him and just let him roll through everybody.
1: He's, he's one of my favorite guys to watch for sure right now, man. He's just going out there and just killing it every time he's out there.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, um, since, you know, book, he's in, uh, I don't even feel comfortable calling him that since book of tea
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: is in uh, both worlds or whatever. He's there with y'all, you know, doing his own thing with his promotion. And he's there with the WWE and everything. Um, does he give y'all any tips of what they're looking for? Or does he give y'all like a lot of scoops on what's going on over here and everything like that? Uh,
1: not so much scoops, but he knows what they are looking for. You know, he knows what he knows what they uh, they want and kind of the way the, the, the business is trending. So he definitely gives us the heads up like, hey, you know, you. This is what's happening on WWE. This is what we need to be doing. Yeah, um, and I so think that's smart
0: of- on his part or whatever. I mean, yeah. I mean, who wouldn't want to have that working relationship with the WWE and have your own thing? I mean, you know how to mold and shift your um your focus as far as training and other things like that. I mean, that's fucking smart.
1: Yeah. It uh, like I said, there's no other place in the country that you can get that kind of uh, insight from. Besides Booker. Yeah. And uh, I know WWE. I mean, WWE definitely watches our programming. Um, You know, it's. it's, We're we're definitely trying to step up our game and and try to become, you know, something that's close to what they're doing there as well.
0: With those eyes on you, do you feel uh, any added pressure?
1: No. um, I know where I'm at in my career. I know where I'm trying to go to. Um, I just got to go out there and like perform every time I'm out there, do better than I did the last time. That's all I'm really concerned about.
0: Good answer. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of those guys doing it now. I mean, it pays to be in good standing with the WWE because, look, Book got his own promotion, and he's working with them as well, and he's able to give Tiao more knowledge and you know better ways to guide you and his company. Shit, Brian Kendrick got his own school and now he's back in good graces with the company. Rhino, he got his own thing. And he fucking running for mayor <laughs> <laughs> in goddamn Detroit. So I mean it pays. Uh freaking the Dudleys, they got a school in uh, New York somewhere and they in good terms with the company. So I mean, it pays to do something like that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But Yeah, I heard I heard Devon just got a job with the WWE as like a backstage agent.
0: Yeah, I so. just heard that too.
1: They'll, that'll be beneficial for those guys down there at the school. Exactly. Have that in that, you know, they know what everybody's looking for, too. Exactly.
0: It's just a win-win all around. Yep. Now, we're going to go ahead and start winding down. So all
1: right.
0: Where do you, well, First of all, this is the first question I wanted to ask you. It's <laughs> weird that we are an hour and ten minutes in, <laughs> and now I'm just starting to ask it. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh... Bartek that's your your last name right
1: correct yes
0: where the fuck did Kiefer come from <laughs>
1: that, that is actually it's also my name as well what? Kiefer Bartek <laughs> is my name uh shoot name so it's funny because people are like that's a terrible work name and I'm just like well that's my real that's name that's my though. name motherfucker."
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right because I mean as soon as I seen it I was just like yeah, Kiefer Sutherland for yeah, 24. That's
1: who I was named after was Kiefer Sutherland. What? Back in <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but I, there's never been another Kiefer in wrestling, so I was like, you know what? Why not? Let's just roll with this.
0: All my assumptions were true. You just verified
1: everything <laughs> that I thought. <laughs> I grew up, and my older brother's name was Aiden, and there was a, another Aiden for a long time. Um, now there's uh, Aiden English and and we have an Aiden Cristiano and. Reality wrestling, but like for a long time there was never an Aiden in wrestling too. I was like that'd been a cool name to have as well.
0: Sweet. Now, um, where do you see Kiefer Bartok mm-hmm. Bartek? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't butcher <laughs> that shit. In the next two years.
1: If I had, oh, uh,
0: where cho- would you want to be?
1: If I had my choice, I'd be in Japan in two years. Sweet. That's where. I, that's where I want to go. I think that's my next. My next stop, probably Japan. Um, that's always a place I've always wanted to wrestle, and I like their style. Uh, I like the physicality of it, and I think because I'm a bigger guy, I think I'd fit well into into that. You know, into that style. Man, if
0: you ever make it, don't join the Bullet Club.
1: <laughs> no promises. <laughs> it's, it's, it's too sweet. <laughs> no.
0: I can understand the allure, man. It's just <laughs> but yep. Try to fight against it. Try to be your own
1: thing. I will. I I, I like being original. I wouldn't just fall into whatever's going on. I, I definitely would try to, to be my own character, first and foremost. All right. Now, um,
0: this, this is a thing that I'm going to start doing with my show because um, the way this interview and everything came to be is you gave me a follow on Twitter, sir. I followed you back, and then I was just like, "Fuck it. He followed me for some reason. asked him to be on the podcast, and you said yes, why'd you follow me?
1: uh I'm doing my best effort to like follow as many wrestling fans as I possibly can um I feel like a lot of a lot of wrestlers miss miss social media in general like they don't know how to work it um if you don't have a following, it's hard to get a following mm-hmm uh i like to see what wrestling fans are thinking i like to see what wrestling fans are tweeting about you know because it kind of gives me a better idea of like okay well this is what they want this is what they're looking for this is what i need to do and so i'm sure you tweeted about either you know the pay-per-view or raw or something like that and i just you know i just go down and uh the hashtags for whatever you know is on that night i would just go and follow all the wrestling fans i could possibly follow and just to see what they're saying Sweet. And uh, that's kind of how, you know, I view the the social media is like, it gives me a better idea of what wrestling fans want. You know, I'm a, I'm a wrestling fan, but I'm only one person. I only have my own opinions, but yeah. my opinions might not be what everyone else thinks. So that's why I definitely like to look and see what everyone else is thinking, what everyone else is talking about. So like I said, it just gives me a better idea of of what other people like, and what other people want.
0: You smart. I like, you. <laughs> I like you a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you.
0: Yeah, man, and I appreciate it. I just followed you on Instagram.
1: Yeah, I have to give you a follow back. <laughs>
0: yeah, and this shit was crazy because, like, I, I found that Whataburger meme on your thing, <laughs> and then um, I seen the freaking the Golden Eye and the Mario sixty four. I was like, man, you 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 like me and you is like right down the same alley, dog. <laughs> you, that's,
1: that's my stuff right there. Did you play a
0: lot of the um, the wrestling games on the sixty
1: four? Yeah, man. Uh, I actually never owned No Mercy, which was my oh. favorite one. But my friends did and my oldest brother did, so every time I'd be over there I'd just be playing that all the time, like like, oh let's play Mario Kart. I'm like, nah, we're playing no mercy.
0: Dog. <laughs> Friendships were created and ended on all those wrestling games, dog. Yeah, for sure, man. I thought for we sure. we friggin' uh we, we used to skip high school to go home and play No Mercy in WrestleMania two thousand.
1: Oh man, those like I said, those are my two favorite wrestling games, maybe of all time. It'd probably be those and and the Just Bring It and the Here Comes the Pain that came out.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, I'm seriously debating and going back and buying the 64 just so I can have all them games again.
1: That's why I did that recently, man. I I was like, I love 64. I love all the games. You know, I love that nostalgic feeling they all give me, and they're just good-ass games. So, I was like, I'm just going to go and and buy a 64 and slowly start collecting all the games I used to have as a kid. Some of the games I didn't have as a kid.
0: Man, you got me in a hammerlock right now. I'm about to go. Go down the road to give me a sixty four. I can
1: talk about sixty four all day if you want me
0: to. Oh man, man, shit. We gonna if you decide to ever come back to this podcast, we can have just a whole freaking day of fucking talking about wrestling, wrestling games, and all that Nintendo sixty four, all that. We can do that.
1: Yeah,
0: but shit, man. I appreciate you taking the time out and chatting with me, man. I appreciate everything you do in that wrestling ring. And I appreciate you for providing me with, you know, with the little brief <laughs> uh experience that I had with R O R O W of uh, entertaining me and uh, millions and upon millions of other wrestling fans.
1: Well I hope you keep uh keep watching and uh I appreciate you for serving uh in the military as well. I do appreciate that.
0: All right. Thanks, man. I don't I keep saying it. Anytime somebody tell me that I don't never know what to say. I just like <laughs> Somebody had to do it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Um appreciate you. And yeah. like I said, you have been on the podcast, the door's open. You can come back anytime you want.
1: We'll have to do it again sometime. Talk sixty four wrestling games for an hour. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. You know, I'll probably bring I I will come down to a show one day and I bring the sixty four on the T V We we fucking do it in the yeah. locker room.
1: Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure all the boys will love that too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, all right, man, that's it. And that was this week's episode featuring Kiefer Bartik. And it was great sitting down, and chatting with my man. I figure out that we have a lot of similar interests and viewpoints on certain things and everything. I was able to peek behind the curtain of a uh, ROW and uh, you know get a little bit of his insights on current professional wrestling. So it was cool to have my man on here. As you heard toward the end of the interview, he's into the Nintendo 64. As am I. I used to. Like I told him man. I used to skip school. And a whole bunch of us would go to. Whoever parents house wasn't home. Uh, parents house wasn't home. Whoever's house parents weren't there. They were at work or whatever. And we would go and we would play. Fucking. No Mercy. goddamn WrestleMania 2000. Uh, Smash Brothers. Golden Eye, all those fucking fun games. And we would just skip school and go do that shit. Let's show you how much we was into video gaming. I would hope that my son, who is into video games 10 times as much as I am, uh he doesn't do any stupid shit like that. Because I will be forced to put uh said foot in young B-Rob's ass. So uh, we we hope he never goes down that road. But in any case, uh, check your man Kiefer out on a reality of wrestling. They got a um, local channel here in the Houston area. I forget which one it is, but I'll get the details and everything. And I'll put that into the show description. So you can tap on your screen if you got the iTunes podcast player. It'll flip the image into words that I type in for the episode. And you can see all the info right there. If you got an Android or any kind of other podcasting device, I don't know how that shit will work for y'all. I just know I go with the Apple because it's easiest for me and it's the most reliable phone that I've had since I had cell phones and it's not fucking blowing up and people making memes about it and Grand Theft Audio videos. <laughs> Motherfuckers running around throwing Note 7s at people, blowing up their cars and shit. But that's a whole new- Mrs. B-Rob got a Fucking note seven. And I, I, I begged her not to get it, but she wanted it. So whatever. I, um, updated my insurance policy. So we should be good to go with that phone go off at a, uh, improper time. <laughs> I love Miss B Rob. I hope nothing ever happened to her. Pretty pleased. So thank you to overdose the producer for. Provide me with that intro track that you just heard. Thank you to um, Matthew at the Passers By podcast. He got the Passers By podcast wing challenge going on. All proceeds donated to his cause is going to aid uh, child hunger. It's not going to make them hungrier or get less food. It's giving them money to get them more food so they can eat the things and stuff. Shout out to G-Rod over at the G-Rod show for um, giving me the little promo for the fans movie uh, project, which I recommend if you're a wrestling fan like myself, you go ahead to thefansmovie.com and get more info on this project. Um, basically what he's asking is um, for if you're a wrestling fan, um, however you want to do it, you want to do a professional style. You just want to use your camera phone, uh, whatever video recording device you have, just record yourself doing a quick snippet. I don't know exactly how long you want the clips or whatever. You can go to the website, thefansmovie.com and get more information. But, um, he's just asking wrestling fans, how did they, uh, happen into professional wrestling? How, why and how did they come to love it so much? So I think that's an interesting project. I might go ahead and submit me a little something, something to the calls. Cause I mean, that's what he wants. And, um, thanks for the promo. Thanks for all the things you do there. G Rod, you the man and stuff like that. Dirt. Uh, shout outs to the intergender tag team champions. And that's the K versus B show. On Twitter. And that is the crises versus Blute podcast. They talk about a whole bunch of different things and stuff like that. And I appreciate them for sending me the promo that you heard randomly, random, random in um, the podcast. So shout outs to them and what they doing over down that way and stuff all right, I think that's um all the shouty shout shouts that I got for this week. hey, if you are interested in making me a random random intro for my show, just hit me up, man um send all audio files to mail at dot com I'm trying to have a different intro for every episode all right. Whether it be a remix of my original intro, intro or just something created by you, the fans or guests or people that I asked to, Hey, you got a cool voice? Say some random shit. Random. And I'll use it as my intro. Thank you for the voicemails. If you want to shoot me a voicemail, the number is 304 Talk Rob. That's 304. 304- Switch those letters in the numbers, 825-5762. So, yeah, send me them audio files. Send me them voicemails. If you don't feel comfortable waiting 43 seconds, as Zach and Alex said from the Is Anyone There podcast? And, um, you just want to be professional and use your equipment to send me a, like a voicemail or pose a question to me, like my man Jody B did. Uh, go ahead. And uh, shoot those audio files my way. Shoot them this way. My way. Don't shoot them at me just like in my general direction because I don't want to get hit with that shit. I don't want to stain up my clothes. And I don't know, you know, the circumference or the velocity or how heavy the thing is. And then you shoot it at me, it'll hit me. I don't know if that's going to pierce skin, knock me over, or whatever the case may be. As you heard at the top of the podcast, you can follow me on Twitter at It's B Rob, that's I T S B R O B. You can follow the show at wait for it R R R underscore podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at random ramblings W underscore Rob. Also, while you're on Instagram looking at my stuff, uh, you can go to the search tab and type in the hashtag Walmart log. It's just me walking around Walmart saying stupid shit. It's like a vlog. Not exactly like a vlog. That's what it is. This video and I'm saying stuff so I guess that's what it is. Also, if you're on Google, Bing or whatever search engine that you use type in the hashtag RRRPC that's three R's a P and a C. That stands for Random Rounds with Rob Podcast. You can find anything dealing with me on the interwebs. But most importantly, you can go to randomrobcast.com, which is my website. You can go down to the bottom of the homepage and you can find all my merchandise. I'm having some trouble with the little shop window thing or whatever. So if you go down to the bottom of the homepage and press podcast merchandise, the little link, it'll take you to the shop. And you can buy some T-shirts and hats and bandanas and coffee mugs and buttons and stuff like that. All the proceeds from those purchases go toward keeping the podcast podcast cost relatively low and you gotta pay my subscription fees every month and all kind of shit like that maybe update some equipment and also I'm trying to get some video content to you you can help me buy a camera and things like that unless you just want to give me a camera that'd be awesome yeah also you can donate, they got a donate button down there if you look to the left The merchandise on the bottom of the homepage, there's a book called Dark Deception. It was written by Mrs. B-Rob. That's my wife, my spouse. All proceeds from that book purchase go to her because I don't get none of that shit. (laughs) And it's less than five bucks. So, I mean, you spend five dollars every day on some stupid shit. So I might as well help somebody out. And that is it. I am done. And uh, I'll see you next time. Do you like child hunger? That's right. You don't. So, if you want to fight child hunger, go to www.gofundme.com slash pbphotwings and donate some money today. All the proceeds go to the charity. And on November 12th, you get to watch the host of the Passersby Podcast and Dev from Snake Oil Comics and Shot of History eat some of the hottest hot sauces known to man. Live on Facebook. Help fight child hunger and watch some idiots eat some hot wings. Once more, that's www.gofundme.com slash
1: pbphotwings.